Good morning, church. Hey, I'm so privileged to be able to share from the Word with you this morning. Um, before we get into the Word, I think the best way to start is we should pray about it, yeah, because I know that I need God to give this message, and um, I want it to be something that God is actually going to speak over us today and not something that I want to bring to you. Amen. So let's pray. Father, you are good. Lord, we, we thank you that we can come together as a family online. And Lord, at whatever time we might be watching this, Lord, if it's uh, on the Sunday that we're all able to gather together, or if, it at, if it's at a later date, Lord, that we're able to watch this and to hear from you, Father, we pray that you would ready our hearts to be able to hear what your word says. Father, you are so holy and so wondrous, dear Father. You are so perfect. And there is nothing that we are in the middle of right now. And there isn't a season that we're enduring at the moment that you haven't placed us in, Lord. And there aren't any seasons that we can go through that you haven't already placed provision from yourself within those seasons. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. And I pray that right now you would empty me of, empty me of myself, that I might rely wholly on you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you speak through me? Lord, I just want to be a conduit for you. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, so I've been, uh, I've been doing a little bit of reading as you'd expect and as you'd, I suppose as you'd hope for someone that's uh, been, been given the duty to come and share the word with you. And I've, uh, I'm reading through... First uh, Corinthians at the moment, and it's really been ministering to me. Um, the book of Corinthians is full of instruction on how we as Christians ought to live and the way that we ought to live. Amen. So I'm going to bring a word from there, but before that, I just want to just want to start off with a bit of uh, maybe a struggle that I have that I think some of us that may be listening also uh, have to deal with from time to time. Um, in a, in a day and age where, uh, you, you sort of got to face it, that in a day and age where a lot of our interaction is actually done online, so even as you're hearing this, you're, you're online, you're, you're watching it over the web, and a lot of our interactions with each other are even happening online through Facebook, Instagram, no longer MySpace, that is, uh, that is how we used to communicate before Facebook was around, but a lot of our interactions are happening online and it's come to a point where interactions online are actually becoming real points of contact with, for people. So it's no longer just, oh, online is just, you know, it's not really a real, it's not, it's not a real interaction with someone, but it's only when you meet face to face. But no, today people are actually experiencing what we do at LifeSource well before sometimes that they might have, before they might actually walk into this church. So maybe when we open up the doors, you might actually see some new faces, but they may be new to you seeing them face to face, but this place might not be new to them. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a funny society that we live in because interactions are happening even though we're worlds apart. And um, in that world of interactions, <laughs> there comes with it a lot of good, but there also comes with it a lot of bad and a lot of controversy. <laughs> um, 
uh, I think uh, I'm giggling because uh, I think you all will probably agree that a lot of the things that do happen online and a lot of the conversations that I had online can be very volatile. They can be very, very destructive types of, uh, of situations and types of conversations. And it's, it's been uh, something that's been actually weighing on me uh, over the last few months with everything that's been going on. And um, in a society where we're so easily connected and we're so easily able to, to communicate with one another, uh, it's, it, it isn't long before people will start to put out uh, the way that they think and our opinions. It, it's not hard to do that nowadays. It's, whether or not people are listening, it's so easy to get your opinion out there. And um, before I go on, I just want to say that this, isn't, this, this message isn't uh, aimed at you who messaged, who, who put that post up last night, okay, this, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't aimed at you at all, so uh, this is actually a recording from Friday, so if you, messaged, if you did put, post up something on Thursday night, this might be directly to you, I'm kidding, okay, <laughs> this isn't directly at anyone specifically, this is just something that's been on my heart, and I believe God wants to speak to us through that today. So once again, through a time where we're talking a lot online, um, you might sometimes find yourself watching videos or going through posts of uh, different commentators and different opinions of the way that people are thinking nowadays. And I know sometimes I have to be careful whether or not I go through the comment section because the comment section on these, these types of videos and posts, they can be harsh, harsh places. And I know that when I go into those uh, comment sections, I, I sometimes will be looking, not in an unbiased way, but I'll be looking in a biased manner for, for comments that will line up with the way that I think, and they're, they're the people that will maybe share my views. And I go through and I'll, I'll read through comments and then I'll, I'll see certain people that are maybe on the opposite side of the, the, the debate. And so I'll see them and I'll just... I'll scroll straight past them. You know, you, you don't pay them too much mind. Or you might read the one that's, that's, uh, that sort of seems like a lot of people have replied to, and you have a, have, have a read of that one, and you just think, oh, no, that's a silly view. You, no, no way that that lines up with what's right in this world. And then you finally find a, a comment that you agree with. Yeah, and they, they've, they've articulated all of your thoughts and your feelings, and they've put it all into... How long, I don't know, you probably like three scrolls on your phone. That's how long the, the, their comment is. And you're just like, that's exactly right. That's how I feel. That's exactly what I think. And you, you hold the like because you want to give it a heart. You want to give it a love. <laughs> and usually at the end of those, um, of those long posts or comments, you'll see, uh, uh, it's, uh, I, I was thinking about how to call it, but it's like, it's like a one-line zinger. One line zinger where they've given all the, the supporting arguments and they've given all of their details and how good their opinion is and how arrogant the person that they're debating with is. And then at the end, it's like, uh, I'm so sorry that maybe you're so short-sighted to see things the way that I see it. And then you read that. And for me, sometimes I read that and it's like a, it's like a virtual slap in the face to the person that, that they're debating. It's like... A, that's right, yeah, in your face, <laughs> yeah, so like, and so you go and you heart that thing and you, and you read through the comments and 
you think that that one line zinger ought to just finish the conversation sometimes. It's like he, he given you, he's given you or he or she's given you the, the answer to all of these things that we're struggling with. And I agree with that. That's why that's the right thing, right? Because I agree with it. And it almost, it almost makes you feel like you've been satisfied because you, they, they've, they've, they've told that arrogant person or that ignorant person that they're, they're in the wrong and we're in the right. And that one line zinger should have just sealed it and ended it. But if you've come across enough of these comments that never, ever, or if it has, if it is, it's very rare, but it never ever really is the case that it's just stopped right there. Because the conversation just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. And the same thing happens when you get, in, you can get into conversations like this with your, maybe your mates at work. And I was starting to see this type of pattern in my own life. And maybe it's something that, you, maybe you can say amen. Maybe it's something that you've been seeing in your life. That you, you're finding that you're wanting to justify the way that you stand and justify the way that you feel. And I found myself trying to, trying to justify the way that I thought and the way that I see. And I realized that it wasn't helping me any. <laughs> it really wasn't helping me any because the, the issues that we're talking about, they're very big and very broad. And the, the, the idea that we can throw a one-line zinger and sort of cover it all is, is a bit harsh. And it's, it's, it's not only harsh, but it's, it's very, very closed-minded, I've, I've found in myself. That if I try to blanket a situation with one view, taking no one else's experiences or the individual experiences of people into account, it really does diminish maybe what they're going through. And I realize that within all of that, the desire for me to be right is really just a pride within myself. And that's really all it is. It's just, it's, be, it's been me being prideful because I know better. And my experiences trump your experiences. And my understanding trumps theirs. And that is nowhere near what the Bible teaches. It's nowhere near the way God sees things. And, uh, and it's, it's not even biblical to say that because... Uh, I may be a, a believer and I may be a Christian, but that does not mean that everything that I think and everything that I say is good and true and wholesome and covers all, all, ba all bases in, in every type of, every aspect of life. That's very false. And um, I was just wondering, I was, I was, as this was hitting me, I was thinking maybe other people are feeling like that. If, if, if that's what you may be feeling, I ask you maybe drop an amen in the, in the, in the chat room, just, just say, just agree with me that maybe this is something that we're dealing with as a, as, as a people, and, and maybe no one drops an amen, and I'm dealing with it by myself, and I should have just been preaching this to the mirror, and that's fine too. But um, thankfully, when I was read, as I was reading through Scripture, I see that God has an answer to not only my, I, my reactions and my opinions and the way that I think, but more importantly, to deal with the pride that it all stems from. And it's a pride in my own knowledge, in my own understanding, and a pride in, in me, the pride of life, and wanting, to, and wanting to, to impose that on other people. 
And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I think we can find answers to, to dealing with this type of pride in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 4 to verse 8. Sorry, from verse 5 to verse 8. So from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 5 to verse 8. Now, uh, just to give a little bit of context around what's happening in the Corinthian church during this time, yeah, before, before we read from the text. Uh, so the Corinthian church is uh, Paul's writing to them, and he's, he's writing to them because they're dealing with uh, division within the church, within the, the church in, in Corinth. So they're dealing with uh, different factions rising up, they're, and they're, they're, they're starting to, to break up based on who it is that they're following and who it is that taught them. So Paul is talking here, as an as as apostle that took the gospel into the Corinthian church, and, and he calls himself the father, he, he calls him the, himself their spiritual father, and uh, the other person that is with him is Apollos. So he's got, he got factions rising up within the church that say, no, we, we follow Paul, and others saying, and we follow Apollos, and others are saying that they're, they're following others who have been their father in the faith. But Paul is bringing them back to say that, look, regardless of who you were trying to follow, it should not cause division because we came to you with one gospel, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So why you're being divided is because you're starting to follow man. And, and you can see, as if you read through the, 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 the first couple of chapters in here, he talks about the pride of the people and the things that they have started to practice. Okay? So we're going to read from verse 5. To verse 8, and we're going to see how Paul not only addresses, but tries to deal with the, the pride that has come up. Amen? So let's read. So from verse 5, I have the ESV in my study Bible, but I'm going to read from the NLT, because it's, the English is just a bit different, and I, I, I think it might sound a bit, it's a bit, sounds a bit better to me, and I want it to make sense to you as well. So verse 5 reads, So don't make judgments. Okay, they're judging each other, but he says, So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time, before the Lord returns. Okay, so he's saying, God is the only one who will judge. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal, and will reveal our private motives. I'm just going to stop there. Now, I've read this a couple of times now. Okay, just in preparing for this and... In, in times past. But reading that again, that, that really scared me. <laughs> it really, really did. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for, for God's grace in that. But he specifically says right here, so don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Now, you know when you have that conversation with someone, yeah, that person that obviously has a, a lower um, experience to you because you're arguing with them and you're debating them, and so they they they're beneath you, yeah, but you don't say anything. You just try to ah, that's that's fine. It, no, it's it's okay. You know, you just try to be cordial in the whole issue and just say, no, nah, that's okay. But really, on the inside. You're judging them so harshly, and you're just saying, wow, how can you be so 
ignorant? How can you really be that bigoted? Or how can you really be that... I mean, I shouldn't throw that word around today. That's, that's, that word is thrown around a lot. But when you have those type of conversations, and you might be like very cordial and, cordial and pleasant on the outside, but on the inside, you really just... You really are trying, being harsh towards them. I think this verse right here ought to really affect us. Because it shows us that it's not an outward action only, but it's, the, it's actually a heart issue. So it, it, it's got to deal with your heart. So it next needs to be something that happens from the inside because I can be nice. I can, I, can, I can be nice and show everyone that I'm nice to people and I can be kind and, you know, I can be nice and quiet and pleasant in front of people, but God doesn't say anything, or the scripture here doesn't say anything about the way that you're treating people. It says that our darkest secrets will come to light and he will reveal our private motives. So we need to be really careful about the things that are unseen and the things that are, that are unsaid because if they're fueled by pride, even though the way that I treat them is cordial, if my heart is not aligned with what God's word is saying, and if, if I'm not fearing what God is going to be revealing in that later time, then I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not regarding, I'm not, I'm disregarding what this word is saying, because it's not only about the outward expression, but it is about the heart. It definitely is about our heart motives. Amen? So let's, let's read on. Starting at, uh, sorry, finishing off from verse 5. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I have quoted from the scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. On to verse 7. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given to you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it, as though it were not a gift? Now, that, that was for me a real wake-up call, and I hope it is for you as well, because all of our understanding and any of the wisdom that we possess even in its application, although we are the ones doing, the wisdom that we possess and all of this experience that we're able to bring to the table to, to be able to have a better view of what God wants in our society and wants in our lives, we ought not to take pride in, in, in thinking that it is something that we've come up with. It's not something that, we, that originated with us, all of these fanciful thoughts and these, you know, these, uh, these ways that we can think so philosophically about how nice and how we can be uh, peaceful with other people. All of those things are, are a gift from God anyway. Nothing that we possess, none of the knowledge, none of the wisdom, none of our understanding is something that has come from us. Amen? Every single bit of life that we can give to community and life that we can give to other people and life that we can give into different relationships is only by the grace of God. Is only because He decided to gift us with these things. And that ought to cut our pride in half, knowing that none of what I have confidence in and none of what I set my standing in 
or none of what I am able to rely on is self-built. None of it is something that I can be proud about because God is the one who graced it for me. And then out of his gift that he places within me, am I able to then give to others? Therefore, it's never, never something that I can be prideful about. Now, in uh, reading from verses 8 onward, we're going to read up to, sorry, we're going to read to verse 13. Verse 13, so from verse 8, we're going to read to verse 13. When you look at commentaries and when you, when you look through scriptures and as you study this word, it's funny to me because I like to be sarcastic, yeah? And I didn't realize that there was sarcasm in the Bible, <laughs> but evidently, which is really funny, but as, as I studied this, verses 8 to verse 13 is actually Paul being sarcastic to these believers, in the church of Corinth. He's being sarcastic in the way he's talking to them. Okay? So let's read on. You think you already have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you, I wish you really were reigning already. For then we would be reigning with you. Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display. Like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels alike. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools, but you claim to be so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty, and we don't have enough clothes to keep us warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everyone's trash, right up to the present moment. Later on in, 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 in the chapters following, <clears throat> and even the chapters previous, Paul, when he's, as in his writings to the Corinth church, is also saying to them, follow me as I follow Christ. Take my example as I follow the example that Christ has set before me. He's saying, do as I do and say as I say, because I'm following the one that we all need to example as well. And a lot of the things that he says here from verses 8 to verse 13 ought to humble us. They really ought to humble us. Some of the, some of the lines, if I, can, if I can read over again, toward the end from verses, verses verse 12, we work wearily with our hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. Now, if someone curses me, if they do it outwardly, I can guarantee the first thought that comes to my head will not be to bless them. And I, I, I'm not sure about you. You guys may be angels, but I can definitely say that I am not. <laughs> okay? 
But Paul is saying that even, even though these things are happening, it is, it's, the, the response that we should be giving should always be life-giving. And that's coming from a real heart, from, from someone who's really been able to grasp humility. Imagine he's, he's talking about not even having enough clothes to keep himself warm. He doesn't have a home. He, he doesn't own a home for himself to sleep in. Imagine this is a man who is a, is, is a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he would, he would be called. He is someone who knows the law of, of, that, of, law of the Old Testament inside out. If he wanted to, he could have been a, a, a well-paid priest in the temple, and he could have done all of those things. He knows that. He has that knowledge, but he's chosen a life that resembles nothing of the past that he has been part of. And sometimes if I look at my own life, I wonder if, 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 if I'm living a life of humility that Paul's calling us to live here. And I can honestly say sometimes that I'm not. And it's not that you want to do it just to just to do a good work so that you can feel good about yourself. That's not the case. It's, it's more, he's following the example of Jesus who ended up dying for all of us. And if that's the extent that Jesus is going to, and that's the example, and this is Paul saying, follow me as I follow Jesus, then pride has no place in that type of lifestyle. Therefore, my heart toward other people and my heart in commenting on a Facebook post or even in conversation with my, my workmates and the way that I even speak to and have a conversation with my boss and my heart posture toward him, if it's not loving and life-giving, then it's not from God and it's, it's out of a heart of pride because I, I've elevated myself and I've elevated my understanding and because of all of this this, uh, this this knowledge and this wisdom that I think I've gained on my own, which I haven't, that's come from God like we already said, but it's I, I think that I've got it for myself and it elevates me to a point where I believe that I can look over and just say, no, well, I deserve good things. Yet, the example that Paul gives is very much to the contrary. So church, uh, if I can just put a challenge out to us today. Um, how is it that we can go about this life living from day to day in a way that we're always going to be giving life and we're not relying on our past experiences and our understanding and our own, our own man-made wisdom or even wisdom that is godly yet God has gifted us with. How do I live out that type of life while trying to stay humble and not allowing pride to overcome the way that I think and the way that I the way that I treat people.
And really it has to be from relationship with God. There isn't, there isn't anything better than having relationship with God. But having relationship with God is actually is the best way to be able to, to minister to our community. It's the best way to be able to minister to your family. It's the best way to be able to minister as a church to one another if we're in relationship with God constantly. See, relationship, relationship with God keeps us grounded. Relationship with God and allowing Holy Spirit to minister through it, to us through His Word will keep us humble in places that we want to just fight back. Because I know there's so many times and there's, there's so many arguments and there's so many things that may happen in your workplace or maybe in your group of friends that you just want to argue back. And, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things that draw us away from what the Bible teaches. But I, I do want to bring up one more verse, and it's just in, it's just in keeping with that. That relationship with God is, is exactly the thing that's going to keep us grounded and keep us humble. Amen? Because if, if God can tell you that you need to be humble, then you don't have to hear it from people outside of, outside of yourself. Yeah? And that, that can actually be, that can actually hurt harder <laughs> sometimes. Hearing from other people that just, oh, man, you're just so arrogant, you're prideful. I'd almost rather just do it. I was reading the word and then just saying about, okay, yep, yeah, I can see where I'm going wrong. <laughs> God wants us in relationship with in relationship with Him, because He can He can tell us exactly who we are, and we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Of, of the, the creator of the universe calls us his sons and daughters. And we are so blessed to be that. But we can't allow that understanding to not only make us complacent, but to also build us up and make us prideful. Because if we have a proper understanding of who we are in Christ, and it produces pride in our lives... Those two things don't mix. They, they actually don't. So there's, there's, a, there's another issue that's actually causing us to, to rise up in pride. And maybe, and, and a lot of the time, sorry, it will be because our relationship with Jesus maybe isn't being catered to. Maybe we're not spending too much, we're not spending enough time in His presence or in time in His Word. Just time in prayer. And that's, that can, you know, I know that you hear it from the pulpit all the time, read your Bible, Pray every day. Do that. And um, in my experience, being a Christian for the, the majority of my life, okay, that as simple as that might be, and as easy as it may sound, read your Bible, pray every day, that's not always the case, and that's not always what I've followed and what I've practiced. But in keeping with, in keeping, uh, keeping with the, the Scripture of staying grounded, in relationship with God. I want you to read one more scripture. We're going to go to Micah. What an awesome name. We're going to the book of Micah. We're going to read from chapter 6 and verse 8. And it's a, it's a very famous scripture. Uh, a lot of us may have it memorized. I don't. So I'm going, to, I'm going to read it for us here today. And he says, Know, O people, 
the Lord has told you what is good. Okay, so he's saying this is good. And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right. Love mercy. Bless those who curse you. And to walk humbly with your God. Amen. So that's staying grounded, walking humbly alongside our our Heavenly Father. That's how we can argue with the pride that some, or even try to, to, to dismantle and destroy the pride that we might have rise up in our lives. And that relationship, that's, that really is the, the core message of why we do this thing called church. It's, it's why we are the church. It's because of that relationship that we can have with Jesus. It really is. Um, because, I don't know, you can see Christians who have been Christians their whole lives, but Sometimes we can see that they haven't had a relationship with God. And a relationship with God, it's what turns this book and, and, and the, the, the wisdom and the, the, the experience of encountering Holy Spirit, it's what brings all of those things into this life, into this world, and allows it to outwork. It's actually out of relationship with God. And and my heart just really goes, I've been praying for you if you don't have that relationship or if you never you've never made a decision to actually give your life to Christ. My heart really goes out to you because in today's social climate even and in today's economic climate, in today's uh in all the different aspects and areas of our lives and the pressures that this life brings, I, I, I don't know what I would do outside of a relationship with God. I really, I have no idea what I would be able to cling to and I don't know where I could find hope. And quite frankly, reading through these scriptures and reading through the word, my understanding is that there is actually no hope outside of faith and life in Jesus Christ. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you haven't made a decision. And maybe you haven't uh, taken an opportunity to, to be able to inquire. Or, or maybe even right now you just get a sense. There's a, there's a sense in your heart that that's something that I want as well. That's something that I want to pursue. I would, I would love to have that that type of a, a lifestyle that I'm in relationship with, with a God who cares so much about me that he would die on the cross just so that I might be saved because he wants me, not because he had to, not because he was forced to, but because he wants me. Right now, I, I want to give you the opportunity. If you would... And you don't have to. You don't have to stand up. I'm not asking you to stand up or, or, or do anything really significant. But I, I want you to, to make the decision in your heart. You don't have to speak the words. You don't have to. You don't have to 
sort of do a thing. I just, you don't have to make a, 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 make it a really big scene. But in your heart, if you would like, if, if God's really tugging on your heart right now, and you would like to experience it, and maybe start a relationship with God right now this morning. And we're going to pray. And um, I'm going to ask you to just repeat after me. And, then, and we can start a journey of relationship with God. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you speak through your word. And thank you that you have spoken to us today. I pray that I didn't get in the way, Lord. I pray that your message has gotten to the ears that need to hear it. If you'd like to dedicate your life to God right now, there's going to be a button that shows up on the screen in the chat. If you'd like to click that button, it's an amazing decision that you're able to make. And we're going to pray again. We're going to pray with you. The Bible says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you will be saved. And we wholeheartedly believe that here. So would you pray with us? Repeat after me as we pray. Lord Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross to clean me of my sins. Today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, congratulations if you've made that decision this morning. It's, it's a really, it really is the beginning of a beautiful journey with an incredible God who is in everything that we do and we live through. So thank you very much, church. It's been awesome being able to share with you this morning. Have a great week. Bless you.
Resurrect. 
Well, that's a wrap up for this week, church. Thank you for joining us. If you clicked to respond with the raise your hand after the message, then can I encourage you, fill out the form. That will help us to get uh, connected with you and we can catch up and help get you started in your walk as a child of God. If you're on one of our other platforms, then leave a comment or even feel free to email me uh, at jamie at lifesaucechurch.org.au and uh, we'll be able to catch up for coffee and, and it'll be really, really good. So thank you everyone for joining. Have a great week. God bless. Keep loving Jesus. Boom.